It's time for The Bright Side, a coaching radio show for change makers, the organizations and positive leaders creating positive change in the world. The Bright Side is sponsored by P-Link Leadership. P-Link Leadership has one big goal, to accelerate positive change. It's all based on fusing the sciences of human nature with the discipline of leadership to transform the world of work, or as we call it, accelerating positive change in a big way. And now as your host, Alexis Robin, co-founder of P-Link Leadership, I'm here to bring you 10 minutes of insight, theory, and actionable tips to support you on your journey to becoming the best version of yourself. Hey, this is Alexis Robin, and this week I want to talk to you about self-compassion as a professional development accelerant. In this world that is changing so rapidly, we all need to continue to be developing ourselves over time. We need to drive our own development and continue to grow as leaders so that we can face the complexity that lies in front of us. And part of doing that is being compassionate with ourselves along the journey. I often hear leaders talk about self-compassion as a weakness. Somehow speaking kindly to yourself feels like letting yourself off the hook. Maybe you have perfectionist tendencies and that gets you caught up in having to do things over and over again and feeling negative about your performance if it's not absolutely perfect. But this is such an important piece of growth that I thought, being able to talk about it and give you a different way to look at it could be helpful in helping you adopt the practice. So as we continue to develop, we are constantly being pushed to get out of our comfort zone. We may be taking feedback from somebody. We may be asking for feedback or hearing things that are a little bit hard for us to take. We may be learning something new, which is a stretch and it's a tax on our our headspace, our energy, we may be unlearning some things. Part of uh, being intelligent these days is not just learning new things, but it is being able to unlearn things that are no longer serving us. And so as we are receiving feedback and learning and growing and unlearning and all of these things, um, they can tend to leave us feeling a little bruised and tender sometimes. Thus enters the need for self-compassion. So People who practice self-compassion have greater happiness, life satisfaction, and motivation. They also tend to have better relationships and physical health and less anxiety and depression. So all wonderful outcomes for practicing self-compassion, really great ways to continue to move towards a gentle way to grow yourself and to stretch yourself. Now, keep something in mind when we talk to leaders and ask them, what is more motivating when your leader yells at you and tells you what you're doing wrong all day, or when your leader Uh, supports you, gives you feedback, but in a constructive way that you can hear and uh, notices what you're doing well. Well, they all answer the second. It's it's when they talk to us about what we're doing well, give us constructive feedback, um, connect with us versus yelling at us or telling us we're doing a terrible job. But somehow we, we think that if we yell at ourselves or tell ourselves we're doing a terrible job, that somehow that's going to inspire excellence. But really what it inspires is shame, uh, frustration, disappointment in ourselves, lack of motivation, lack of energy. As we think about how to move from kind of self-deprecation, uh, beating ourselves up, to a space of self-compassion, there are some mindset shifts that can help with this. So um, the mindsets that we might want to move away from are things like 
I don't like this feeling, or I don't want this feeling, or even I shouldn't have this feeling. Mindsets that are more supportive sound like it's completely understandable that I'm feeling this way, or I'm struggling because I'm human, not because I'm bad. Another mindset that can get in our way is something is wrong with me for having this feeling. So we have a negative emotion, we have this feeling of disappointment in ourselves, and we think that that's wrong. And so being able to remind ourselves that we're just human, we're not bad, we're not wrong necessarily, it's just human to learn and to and to make mistakes sometimes. And so, um, the, you know, the last and the most damaging mindset is that I am bad. And you'll hear Brene Brown talk about this, or if you've been in any of our Dare to Lead programs, you'll hear our appealing leadership coaches talk about the difference between guilt and shame is guilt is I did something bad. Shame is I am bad. And there's really, Brene talks about that as if I am bad, there is really nothing I can do to fix that. If I do something bad, I can always go back and do it differently another time. So being able to ask ourselves in those moments when we're feeling bad or wrong, you know, what does real comfort and support look like for me right now? What would I need? These are some of the mindsets that will help us move towards a self-compassion practice and help us feel better uh, in the process. So let's talk a little bit about self-compassion practices. There are a few that I use uh, for myself. I am somebody who appreciates growth and challenges myself to grow constantly, uh, and I get it wrong a lot. Uh, I feel tender and bruised when people give me feedback sometimes. I'm grateful for it because I know it helps me grow, but it, it still can sting a little bit when you hear it. And so um, so I use the following practices, and, and some of my colleagues have also shared these practices. The first one is think about how you're talking to yourself. And notice, are you speaking to yourself in a way that you would speak to a child or your best friend? If your best friend came to you and said, oh, I just made a huge mistake at work. I shared something that wasn't mine to share. And now it's gotten someone else into a sticky situation. You know, would you say to them, I can't believe you did that. That's terrible. You're a terrible human being. Why would you ever do that? Probably not. You would probably say, "Ooh, wow, that's tough you know, thanks for telling me what does support look like. And so noticing if you're talking to yourself in a way that you would never talk to someone else, that's the first step. And then changing what you would say to yourself. Okay. What would I say to myself in this situation? Or what would I say to a friend in this situation? And then saying that to yourself. So that's one practice, and that's kind of a a basic one. The second one is a meditation practice that I learned years ago from Dr. Martha Beck when I was in a coach training program with her, and it's called the Compassionate Witness. And there's a lot of different versions of this. Some people will say watching from the balcony, but what I really liked about it is it's when you're kind of having an internal struggle and maybe one of One part of you is like, oh, I'm such an idiot. Why did I do that? Or I'm so mad at myself. And the other part of you 
is saying, you know, we did the best we could with what we knew. We made a mistake. It's okay. And you kind of have this struggle going back and forth between these two parts of yourself. And so um, the practice was to hold your hands open, your palms open in front of you, and imagine a little tiny version of yourself in each hand. One of them that is self-deprecating and upset and yelling at you and just mad at you. And then the other that is trying to be compassionate and that is trying to, you know, forgive themselves and to just hold them out there in front of you and notice them and to send them love and to let them know that it's okay and that they can both have those feelings and to just send them love and, um, and generosity and, and peace. And in that moment, what I learned in that practice is that, well, you are busy sending love and generosity and peace to these two little versions of yourself. Your actual physical being gets to rest from the conflict. And so, um, the compassionate witness is just a great practice. If you're, you know, kind of going back and forth and arguing with yourself, if you will, and it gives you a chance to just rest and have some perspective. Another version of this is to imagine that you're standing up on the balcony, looking over at yourself as you watch what unfolded and looking at it from an objective standpoint. Hmm, what happened there? Which takes us to the last and final practice that I think is so helpful. And it's when you're in a spiral. So we've all gotten to that place where we've either gotten some really hard feedback, we've done something that did not turn out the way we had hoped or, or went did not go well. And we're in a bit of a spiral and we're feeling really bad about it. And we're just ruminating over and over about it. A great way to pivot out of that rumination is to slow down and ask yourself, what can I learn from what happened? And what will I do differently next time? And giving yourself a chance to grow and learn from the mistake that you've made is a great productive way to practice self-compassion, recognizing yourself for being in a space where you did something that didn't turn out the way you wanted to, but being a strong enough leader that you can recognize where the growth opportunity is there and you can identify what you will do differently next time, whether that's process, behavior, uh, the way you approach something. So those are three practices that should help you practice self-compassion. One other thing that I have have done in my personal uh, journey is that sometimes when I'm just feeling rough or low is I will, um, I'll put my hand on my heart and I will just kind of hold myself that way and, um, and be there, be present for whatever I'm going through and honor whatever feelings I'm having versus judge the feelings. And that's a, it's a very tender practice that is helpful in just feeling your own heartbeat and being connected to yourself in the moment um, and being tender with yourself. So these are all things for self-compassion. The better we get at being compassionate with ourselves and providing a soft place to land when we are feeling a little bit rough or tender after feedback, or we're feeling um, frustrated about the way we performed or behaved, the quicker we can learn from it. The more time we spend beating ourselves up and feeling bad, we are just sucking our own energy. It's not productive. It makes us feel worse. 
and it doesn't put the focus on learning from what happened and getting better. So if you want to accelerate your professional development, if you want to accelerate your personal development as a leader, practicing self-compassion is like jet fuel. So I just highly recommend it. I would love to hear from you if you'd like to uh, post on any of our P-Link social media, P-Link leadership social media pages on what you do to practice self-compassion. That would be fantastic. We're on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. We are on Instagram, P-Link Leadership, and uh, look forward to hearing from you. Feel free to come check out our website at plinkleadership.com. We have a great positivity hub that will allow you some um, access to some free resources. And uh, finally, if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and send it to a friend who could use it. Being reminded that self-compassion is a powerful tool uh, sometimes is exactly what we need to hear in the moment. So thanks for listening. Always love having you. Appreciate your loyalty and your listenership. And uh, we'll look forward to being back next week and bringing some more tips and tricks for exceptional leadership out there in this wild VUCA world that we're living in.